Hello and welcome. This is our fourth podcast episode, not the first podcast. It's the fourth episode, which will continue talking about the future of work. This is Bauer, This is Puria. Hello. This is a podcast where we share our journey on creating the crater house and buying the mansion in Vancouver. All the fun stuff, achievements, and failures. You're talking about the limits of traditional working companies, the Web2 mm -hmm. companies. What do you think are the main limits that these companies are facing at the moment? I think the the important one is the fact that if they are not able to manage their resources very well and they are not able to identify the meaningful contribution, they are uh, unable to identify the talents and how to value them, how to how to recognize uh, their efforts employers are losing money so uh, people who are working for them are not satisfied enough therefore they're doing less work and because of that it's hurting the company so the allocation of resources meaningful contribution it all comes down to the organizational structure the coordination of everything happening in those traditional web 2 companies as you mentioned before they have the top to bottom hierarchy, but in DAOs, it's more of like a circular approach, uh, a hive approach as, uh, as we it's called it. And as, as Bankless also had this great article on how DAOs function as beehives. And it's a good read if you want to look into it. It's a flat, uh, hierarchy of organization. It's not like a triangle kind of hierarchy. It's a flat one. Um, like how the earth is flat. <laughs> the earth is not flat. It's not but, flat. No. no. But this doesn't mean that there is no hierarchy. This doesn't mean that there is no other people, other teams be controlling the quality of work. This doesn't mean that. This just means that there is no one or group of people in power who are able to make all of the decisions. This means that the most important thing about... DAOs is just contribute contribution and collaboration. Which means everyone working together towards achieving the same. And that is the beautiful thing about it. In each DAO, there are different teams, like departments in traditional companies. But the difference here is that in DAOs, there are zero internal and external boundaries. Therefore, there is more um, space to collaborate, even DAOs within each other. So, for example, you wouldn't see a future where Apple and Microsoft would be able to collaborate with each other and create something together. But that's something which is possible in DAO. Yeah, I love that. I, I love that analogy. And it just reminds me of the uh, the Orca protocol, working on the concept of sub-DAOs and how DAOs could have fluid structures. DAOs are like hives. You can join them, you can break them. Each of them has their own sub-governance and that's the fun thing about DAOs it's the coordination of teams in ways that was not possible before and maybe the reason that is possible is because of the uh, the new incentive mechanisms that's in place so everyone 
gets a say into what's happening and everyone gets contributed accordingly. We found out about source cred. Good examples of like how future work could possibly be achieved. If Bahar, for example, writes a line of code right now and the company realizes it's beneficial to them five years down the road, Bahar will get compensated for that single line of code because it was tracked on the blockchain network. It was tracked by the transparent systems available. And maybe that's how service DAOs could operate more. And we got like tons of types of DAOs that, that we yeah. can talk about. I, I really like that you mentioned about source cred. I think source cred is one of the most interesting DAOs or organizations who are contributing with protocol that can benefit the DAOs in general, like how DAOs are working together and within each other. Source grid is, is one of the greatest examples because source grid is actually the one that is working on tracking those meaningful contributions possible. And they're also trying to make that possible. And it's, I think it's very interesting. We got source grid, Orca protocol. We mentioned service DAOs. What, what other types of DAOs are there? Can I say something yeah, right now? Yeah, why not? Uh, there's this term, DAOable jobs. DAOable jobs are programming jobs, design jobs, marketing, content creation jobs. The jobs can be done remotely. And the jobs that can be tracked and are possible be doing within DAO. And SourceGrid is making this possible to recognize those meaningful contributions mostly for programming jobs and they're trying to do it for other jobs as well not only programming because in programming it's easier to find out that i wrote that specific line in the in the next five years and then looking at it back and be like okay she did it and she should be rewarded for this but it's harder to do this for other jobs like a, such as like a design job or a, maybe a marketing job or maybe a product design job or as a manager. I, I think some people believe that is not possible that other types of jobs could be involved in DAOs as, as well. I, they're providing the foundation for tracking contributions and rewarding them based on any possible ERC20 token or any yeah. other token the DAO has. So it, it is possible to contribute and track mm -hmm. those. However, maybe not as easy as like a GitHub commit for yeah. programmers. They're doing a great job on like building the foundation. Yeah. That's what will power DAOs to move forward. And service DAOs, for example, those that like bring in project contributors, project founders, and try to match them together which is the web three version of possibly marketing or service agencies that we had in web two. Mm -hmm. it, it's super helpful for them to see who contributed how much, right? Yeah. And this is something that there is no way that you can say it in traditional way of working. There's literally no way of saying that. And the, this is very sad that it's happening right now. And there are so many people working in the current way of occupation and they're not rewarded enough and they're not recognized enough, exactly. but hopefully in the exactly. future it will change. And unfortunately there are so many people 
who are trying to avoid learning about DAOs, NFTs, or blockchain because they think like it's a different language and only people who are interested or who are interested to know that they should know it. But it's not that foreign. It's like very similar to everyday works. You can, you can, why you understand it, you can see that it's working for everything in your life. And I'm just sad about that. So many people think DAOs, NFTs, and blockchain are just a hype and a total scam. And they should not invest time for exactly. learning it, which is the opposite. And if more people know about DAOs, if no, if more people know about the better way of working, they can change that and they can change their lives. And that's how media DAOs are trying to help with this, trying to increase awareness about this space through marketing, through podcasts, people like people at Bankless, they're, they're doing a great job with this. Yeah. Friends with benefits, part of the social DAOs. Just the way that masses can be onboarded into Web3 is through these channels, right? And through podcasts yeah. similar to this, where people listen and they get interested into what's happening and they go on to form their own DAOs. What is interesting that what's yeah. happening right now is we have more DAO tools than DAOs. And people are trying to build all these tools, but for whom, right? So we need to first tell people about DAOs, as you mentioned, get them interested and start forming them. That would be the, the first step towards onboarding people to the DAOs and the future work. Exactly. That's very true. and Very right. I was going so, to say something, I forgot it, but it's okay. Can it's you keep okay. going? <laughs> yeah. It's okay. So. Going back to the, the types of DAOs we were talking about, right? Mm -hmm. So I mentioned service DAOs, media DAOs, social DAOs, any other types of DAOs? Investments. You... Investments. Inve yeah. They are one of the, I think they're one of the, the DAOs that the, the notion of them was very easy to understand because in each, in every DAOs, there is a treasury and the treasury is belong to all the members, therefore they can make decision to how to invest that money. So I think the very first time that I heard about DAO, the very first thing that came to my mind was like having an investment DAO where everyone put their money together and then they can invest it in something bigger. And VCs, that's and uh, VCs, yeah, yeah that, that's what it is. We were talking to a couple of VCs and one of them came up with an offer. We're going to give you like X amount of dollars, not in dollars, but in in-kind services, which is a term they use to bring in people into their, their place. And DAOs is a good, is a very good substitute for that because one single person, one single entity cannot manage oh, no. that much money. Or we have seen great examples, A16Z, BlackRock. They're doing great jobs, right? But that's like only within their own circles. It's like you, you both of us, we're, we're not going to be invited to their party and to be able to invest in the startups they're doing, right? Yeah. They're, they're the, the top 1% of the 1% that are only around those tables. With DAOs, the bottom 99% get a chance of investing in those million dollar potential yeah. projects. As 
as as little as little money as they would like to like in you don't have to have a huge big money to invest and be act like an investor and invest your money in a project even in an art project in an even in an nft like flamingo dow where people like just put their money together and flamingo dow buy, buy so many nft nfts and uh, special those nfts that value the most but it's not only that so dow is not only for investment DAO is not only for making more money and like doubling your money. It's, it's a culture. It's a, a kind of, it's a type of way that empowers communities. So if you want to think how DAOs would benefit and how you can use DAOs, you can think of anything that is involved in a community. Yeah. So or DAO can benefit that. One, one thing that I remember reading is that Everyone has already been part of a DAO. Yeah. The Facebook group chats, right, from the very early on where they started, Reddit forums, they're all, they, they can all be considered DAOs, right, where they bring people together. Now, regardless of the definition, the decentralized autonomous yeah. organization, regardless of that, when those people come together, that can be dubbed a DAO, right? The definition is very loose and it's it's very flexible. Same as how the feature work is. Yeah, but you mentioned it, you mentioned Facebook groups, but the thing is that in those Facebook groups, because it's not decentralized, because it's owned by one single entity, one single company, and they can change their account, they can block them if they wanted to. That that is a little difference. That even maybe you can you have your community on Facebook. You have a group of maybe 200 people, which is great, who, who are very active in your community, but you are dependent on that centralized company to have your community. And your community doesn't, they are not able to engage with each other other than just a verbal communication, other than just texting each other, sending something. But in a DAO, you're, it's not only verbal, you, you don't even need to be having the verbal communication, but you can have, you can collaborate with each other and you can work with each other, which is very interesting. And it's literally the uh, DAOs, especially like Friends with Benefits DAOs, they started bringing people together. And that's the, like the base of Friends with Benefits was, is, com is community-based, how we can exactly. uh, help people find their community better, find people like them better. Exactly. Yeah. I just like to add a small point in there is that currently uh, most of the DAOs are not decentralized. They're run by a benevolent um, dictator or a group of uh, benevolent dictators, and they're tending towards progressive decentralization. And the, the very fact that they're all, most of them are hosted on Discord, the community aspect, at least mm -hmm. Discord is also centralized. So Discord can also block yeah. um, all the users if they choose to. DAOs are not decentralized, and that's when I mentioned the definition is very loose. We should um, have an episode about decentralization. Exactly, decentralization exactly. Is, is such a topic that is really hard. <laughs> First of all, it is really hard for people to understand it, those who have never been uh, involved with this term. And also, it's not a term that has just one meaning. It has multiple meanings. And I just want to mention one thing. Decentralization is a scale of... There is why there is no way that anything can be fully decentralized it's like a monopoly game or like you see 
you, everyone should have the same amount of resources and the same amount of opportunities to uh, do something with those resources at the same time. This is something that is impossible, even in a game. So because of that, nothing is decentralized in this whole world. So it's a scale. You can make it, you can make it 20% decentralized. 80% decentralized, but not fully 100%. Exactly. So while we are talking about decentralization, it's not 100% decentralized. Exactly. Because that's something really delusional. And Exactly. If people want to read more about it, it's you can read Moxie's article, the founder of Signal on yeah. decentralization. So yeah, that, that brings me to the point. DAOs, we can cut off the D and we can only have autonomous organizations and autonomous means that it's going to be run independent of human decisions or uh, human um, interference into the governance. Everything is on the on-chain on -chain tokens. Everyone can vote on the this governance or they can delegate the votes depending on how they're structured. So in a way, the organization will run itself based on the course that it's taking. So we can also take away that and we'll only remain with organization. That's, that's when people come together. That's like the core of doubt. It's the big O. Yeah. Th thank you for mentioning that. Um, it's, it's also not very easy. To say that this thing is is hundred percent a DAO, the other thing is a hundred percent not a DAO, because there are some DAOs who are which are not fully, they are not optimized in the way most people think. It's not like everything runs by code. Maybe they have a system that is making everything optimized. Like maybe they have a system of people collaborating with each other that makes it easier for the projects to move on, for the things to go faster and be efficient, like DORG, like Raid Guild. They, they have the most of the optimization part is like with the system they have for people to communicate and collaborate with each other. So it's not only just on code. In general, if you want to say what is DAO, I wouldn't say that it's something that is absolutely centralized, something that is absolutely like run by code. It's none of that. The important thing that DAO is brought to us is the culture and the way we have to, we, we should think of uh, collaboration. We should think of ownership. We should think of how we can collaborate with each other, not, not cooperate. <laughs> like, exactly. yeah, that was no, no, it's, my it's, motto for it, <laughs> a different collaborate, style. Collaborate, not compete. Yeah, right. exactly. That, that's and, better. And this is the reason, as you mentioned, DAOs are more like cultures rather than lines of a smart contract code that help with the autonomous aspect. So often, maybe when people read about it, they might think that, okay, everything is run by smart contracts. But at the no. end, DAOs is about people. It's it's exactly. not about code. And that's the, uh, the fun thing about future work in DAOs. Yeah. The only thing that I can say is similar to, with all the DAOs, despite all of their differences, is the community. Every single DAO has a very engaged community. And it's not about how many people they have in their community. It's not about you have to have a 10,000 people in your community to be considered as a DAO. You can have as small as 100, as small as 50, but 50 people who are really engaged and who are really working for the same goals. And this, you can, 
and the important thing, sharing a treasury together. Sharing a treasury where you can share all of your benefits, all of the money you are making together and share it together and make decision of how to invest those resources together. This is, I think, these are the two things that are very similar to so many DAOs, but the decentralization part, part the automation part is, it can be different. It can be done differently. It can be considered differently. Exactly. That's one of the reasons, you know, why we decided to start Be House DAO and yeah. to have that community aspect at the core and the collaboration instead of competition amongst the creators and other builders. I guess that's about it for this episode. Yeah, should exactly. we, should we wrap up? We can wrap up, but there is more to talk about DAOs. Uh, definitely. There are, we would like to have very cool people in DAOs who are working and contributing more and more. Ra so, rabbit hole, crater cabins, deep work. Deep work. I would um, love to talk with uh, source grid people. Source grid. Yeah. Oracle source protocol, syndicate DAO. There's a lot more DAOs. Friends with There's benefits like in your DAO. What's that? Friends with yeah. benefits. Yeah, see, there's a lot more DAOs, a lot more people that we want to talk yeah. to than, than we have the time to, but we're 100% open to chatting with these people 24-7. describing those DAOs would take an episode each. Like, describing exactly. what is Friends with Benefits and how it became what it is right now. Exactly. So there's, like, a lot of things to, to chat about, and we'll try to keep the topics amongst sharing sharing our journey on how we progress from day zero which will give some updates in the upcoming episodes on how we're setting things up what tools are we using what progress are we making what are we considering to start the house dao from here zero, zero and um moving towards the uh, the creator house and the mansion in Vancouver, it's which, you know, as we're talking about it right now, seems uh, quite yeah. far-fetched. We've manifested it. We, yeah. we, 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 we can see the place. We've already scouted some good locations. If, if you think that some two, two undergraduate students in immigrants, undergraduate students would be thinking about buying a mansion, that's crazy. We're, we're but, not students anymore. But, anymore but when you think of 1000 people gathering their money to invest it in buying a mansion then that would be possible exactly so, and all the good stuff we'll chat yeah, about we'll in the upcoming episode yeah, don't forget to like comment and subscribe i was poria and this was be loud bye, bye. How was it? Good. Bye-bye. Wasn't it?